Welcome to the Send Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss horse health, nutrition, training and performance. Welcome everyone to the episode 47 of the Send Nutrition Podcast. You're with your host Brian and Peter today. And today we're going to talk about the new Send Ulcer Protect update. And this is an updated formula with some latest research and an ingredient we've now included from the really good results that we've seen in studies, but also that complement the other ingredients in the product. So how are you, Peter? Right, not too bad today. Hopefully there's no more alcohol jokes that are gonna be flying out. Yeah, yeah. I think um, yeah, as summer's arriving, I think we, we might be getting to some part. <laughs> we might need to put ourselves <laughs> on an alcohol fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. It's been, a, been another good week at, at Sen HQ. We got a lot of trainers calling up and trying to improve the profile of their horses and, and everything. But what what one common thing is, is this ulcer um, prevalence in performance horses and that leaning on the medication side first, where we're going sort of a natural supplement way. But in saying that, we're not, we don't even want to sell you this product unless you've got your foundations right. Well, Brian, I think as we always say, and we sound like a broken record probably to this day, is that prevention's better than cure. Yeah. And once you get obviously you know to that problem with a you know with a grade three or grade four sort of ulcers you you know you're really chasing your tail and when you've got it to that point you know you're throwing everything but the kitchen sink um at the horse to to try to get it you know well again but look i'm not saying it it, it might be too late but it's you know it's basically a road uphill that that might take months if not you know if not even up to a year to try to get that horse um, back on its feet where it's supposed to be yeah, and it's a costly process to leaning on the vet, but also on the medications that are there. And we'll go through some of the really key things you can do with the foundation of the horse's diet to help lower the risk of the ulcer incidence first. Look at the natural ways or this natural product that we have and the latest research around that. But first, Peter will outline a bit about ulcers in general, just to give you a nice little overview of how they occur in horses and how to help lower them. Yeah, and it's more about sort of the digestive system that, that the horse sort of has and, and how it operates. So hopefully our, our listeners will get a bit more clarification of, of obviously how everything works in a horse and then they could do their best to try to obviously feed according to, to limit the, the ulcers if not, if not prevent them. So um, basically horses digestive system is, is really quite unique um, and it's only shared by, by other equines and a few zoo animals Horses in general are referred to as non-ruminant herbivores. Horses do not have a large fermentation vat called the rumen at the beginning of their digestive tract. Instead, they have a smaller fermentation vat called the cecum towards the end of the actual tract. So the cecum along, along with the large and a small colon make up the horse's hindgut because his ability to digest fiber exists towards the end of the digestive tract, whereas cows have this towards the beginning. And that's why the horse does not get many calories from fibrous forages and therefore has to eat far more than what a cow does to maintain that same condition. Yeah, they need that continuous flow of digestible fiber through that digestive system. And that's the real requirement for every hour of the day that they're supposed to be grazing and getting that through that track, which is gonna lower those metabolic issues. We are a broken record on this. And particularly with ulcers, if you're feeding just concentrates and no roughage, you're really gonna increase that risk because that's lower saliva production. And when you look at saliva production, that's a natural antacid or a buffer to that gastric region, region of the horse. So here's a couple of facts that you can take with saliva amount. So if you feed 
half a kg of grain, it only produces around 800 mils of saliva. Whereas if you feed half a kg of roughage, it produces up to 2.5 liters of saliva. So that's a lot more, that's three or four times more saliva production, which really buffers that stomach acid beautifully. And then that lowers the incidence of ulcers in that top environment of the stomach area. Brian, that's, that's a scary fact, but it's a, it's a good fact. It just shows how important roughage is and, and obviously, you know, at lib ideally. Yeah, and when you want to simplify ulcers in general with horses, there's two types. So when you look at what is impacted by nutrition, that's the upper layer or the upper part of the stomach that can be affected by ulcers if nutrition isn't right, and that includes roughage. And then you've got the glandular part. So the, the part of the stomach that is protected, this can be affected by ulcers through stress and then also through into the hindgut area that's stress related. So that's less nutrition, but nutrition still has an impact on them overall because if you have nutrition right, you can actually help the horse's hormone levels be less stressful. That's very well said, Brian. Um, horses basically produce acid all, you know, all the time continuously, unlike us, um, where we only produce acid when we eat. So that's a huge difference. Um, the horse also secretes acid all the time because he is designed to eat all the time, hence why we want to give them ad lib hay pasture. And a lot of people miss that. It's like, well, I'll ration out a biscuit here or, or you know, I'll ration a biscuit there. And what we try to do here is we're trying to get the education out there that you've got to feed according to the physiology of the horse. And, you know, this podcast obviously is going to open up um, a few eyes, I think, and, and, and sort of get, you know, get the word out there. So you have to feed according to what the horse has, you know, been genetically born to eat. And when we start, you know, cutting corners or, or, or we don't have the time or, you know, hay's not, you know, not about, you have to expect that things are going to go wrong and, and you know, just, be, you know, probably be prepared as well. Yeah, 100%, Peter. So that whole domestication process of a horse gives that prevalence to ulcers. And we're not going to recommend our natural ulcer product unless you have these foundations right first, because all you're doing is trying to plug a gap and then waste money in trying to chase the tail of causing the ulcers. Whereas if you get the foundation right, then you have limit then you can limit the need for these extra supplements or medications in the long run. So Brian, you're basically telling our listeners that you don't want to sell them our supplements. Well, <laughs> what are you saying here? No, not exactly. <laughs> not exactly. Well, no, what yeah. Brian's trying to say is that if everyone was feeding correctly, mm. there'd be no need for these supplements. Like mm. our, you know, our goal isn't to have 50 million supplements that you know, we can sell to, to everyone around the world. It's, it's more getting the education out there to get as many horse owners feeding correctly which then limits the, the need for the supplements. And we're fine with that. Like if our supplement sales drop, we're okay because at least we know that the horse obviously is, is getting fed correctly. More so the horse owner is saving a lot of money, not having to spend all this extra money on medication or, or, or supplements from us or you know, even in other company supplements. Yeah, and where these natural supplements have their places, when you want that insurance for when there is times of stress of travel, the stress of performance, and trying to get them to thrive in that performance setting. Because yes, getting that base of the diet can do so much, but then to get them in the optimum health, supplements do have their role, but you don't have to go overboard and you can get that nice balance. So then your whole feed system is still 
in a simple state and not like a full restaurant of different supplements everywhere in a full kitchen. Like the kernel serves and spices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, as we mentioned before, Brian, that's a really good point you made with the, with the slava production. And we've mentioned this a few times that horses are trickle feeders. And what that means is basically he, he's supposed to eat small amounts, grazing virtually 20, 24 hours a day, um, with intermittent stops for, for rest. And that's why you know, they sleep, you know, obviously three or four or five times a day, depending on what on what's going on. And eating requires chewing, and chewing produces saliva, as you as you outlined, um, which is a natural antacid, and that neutralizes the acid so it doesn't erode his stomach lining um, or have the chance to, to travel down the rest of his digestive tract, causing more trouble. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's true, Peter. So not all these horses with ulcers require expensive treatments like medication because to definitely diagnose that your horse has ulcers is through a scope. And if they're not showing any symptoms and you still do scope them, do they really require that medication? Are they coping? And what grade of ulcers is there? So there's many questions that you have to look at in the individual horse. And there's about 20% of horses out there that, that don't even respond to any treatment and need that time for them to heal over the 30 days, which is the typical time period. And the only time we would advise that going down that whole medication way is when you don't have the foundation right for your diet, when there's a grade three or grade four score, but then in combination with the medications, fix up your foundations and then get on a natural support of healing through our Ulcer Protect supplement and then that'll help limit the need for any vet intervention going forward and keep the horse in a, in a good state to thrive in their performance. So Brian, I might just go through briefly some of, some of the causes of ulcers, which, which you might not have covered yet. So basically it can be caused from, from stress, um, you know, diet filled with, with concentrated feeds, which are very high in, in sugar and starch, as we, as we mentioned. Big one, insufficient roughage, we keep, we keep drumming on about. Um, transportation slash stress. So some horses travel really bad, which which obviously, you know, causes cortisol and, and everything like that. And then you've got you know physical exertion. So what that is basically, when your horse moves, the acid in his stomach moves up with him, um, and that's obviously it can splash up and, and and cause ulcers as well. What we recommend is before you work your horse, try to give give that horse at least some sort of roughage like hay or, or pasture. You know, you know, give it a pick in the in the open grass if you can, or, or just get a hay bag there, you know, so we could chew on it at lib. And that, that, that ad lib roughage will basically send that acid down. So you've got less chance of, of developing ulcers when you're, you know, when you're doing exercise. Yeah, that's a good natural way of doing it. And is a more sustainable way than medications every week or every day, because we're, we're seeing, and it's in our previous ulcer podcast that some nutrients like calcium can be lower absorbed. So then you've got to look at your calcium intake even further when you're on those medications over time. So in an acute setting, medications are fine, but chronic, chronic use of medications can, have, can lead to serious side effects with the horse. And it's better to err on the side of nature and get it right with the foundations and a natural supplement and only use the use the medication sparingly. Well, if we go into human health, Brian, the, there's a, obviously we've got a Meprazole, which is the main, the main medication that's used, but obviously there's, a, there's an antacid for human health as well. And, and this is going from, from Dr. Gundry in America that there's research that's come out recently that shows that prolonged use and long-term use of, of a Meprazole 
um, or, or an intestine for humans actually kills off the mitochondria. And what mitochondria is obviously the, the cells that, that, that generate energy. And with a horse, you need that mitochondria to, to be at full capacity to, to generate you know, the max amount of energy, obviously, then that helps performance. So long-term use of, of, of any ulcer medication will kill off that mitochondria, which means your horse is not gonna be running on 100%, it might be at 90 or, or 85. And being a very competitive industry, you don't wanna have that, that handbrake on your horse. Obviously, you know, it might be dehydrated as well. But the energy thing is a, is a big thing. So you might be feeding, you know, the best feed, but if your horse is at 80, you know, running on 85% energy, you're always going to be behind the eight ball. Yeah, you want to try and have every advantage where you can naturally, and also in all these performance horse settings, play within the rules of of what the boundaries are, because you do have a rider on their back, and also that it is the horse's health and their longevity in the long run. So going back to the two types of ulcers being in the upper and the lower part of that gastric environment, you might hear owners say that the horse, oh, it's showing signs of hindgut ulcers. And there is absolutely no definite diagnosis of hindgut ulcers in horses. Some people said that if there's manure blood tests that have horses with positive blood in their manure, does this show stomach ulcers? But more research is warranted into this as there have been autopsies done where there have been positive manure tests and there's been no hindgut ulcers and that, that's the only way to, to see definitely. But if you can rest assured with your diet, diet's foundation is in a good state, then you're gonna help lower that risk of hindgut ulcers coming through and providing that adequate roughage is gonna have a really huge impact on this. Well, obviously, Brian, like we know starch is, the, you know, is one of the biggest culprits as well. And, and what happens is, and you might not realize, but starchy feeds can, can lead to ulcers. Cereal grains stimulate the release of a hormone called gastrin, which tells the stomach cells to, to produce more acid. Yeah, and that's, that's not good in that environment. And day after day, if you want your horse to perform at their best, it, it's going to help. It's going to be one of the handbrakes in that performance. So Brian, I want to make one point that with a meeting we had yesterday with a, with a local trainer, and, and this is probably valid to the, to the conversation that we're having. So let's just use corn as a, as a grain and, and let's use lupin as a, as a legume. So a lot of people don't get the connection between the megajoules of energy and obviously the, the starch. So you go, well, you know, I feed corn because it's got a lot of energy. So if you look at, you know, the average, you know, the average corn per, per megajoules, it might be, you know, 10, 11, 12, 12 megajoules. If you look at a, at a lupin, you know, it's somewhere between 13, 14, 15. One's got 70% starch. The other one's, you know, you're looking at probably, you know, one or 2% starch. So if you're all about performance and, and about the maximum amount of energy, you know, I know what I'd be feeding and it's, and it's the lupin. So you get more energy with, with less starch and then obviously you, you've got less chance of creating ulcers. And I think that's a message that a lot of people don't get. And more so in a performance game, rather than, than, than maybe in a, you know, in a show jumping endurance or, or, or other disciplines that, you know, that we deal with. Yeah, it's been passed on through generations and even in human health, nutrition has evolved since, since the 50s, 60s, 70s. And we've, we were told back then that sugar and starch was your friend and fat wasn't. And it's the absolute opposite with all the research coming out. And that leads us to the new research coming out on horses and gastric ulcer scores. And us using this new ingredient in our Ulcer Protect formula will really improve the profile on what we have achieved with it. And along with the hydrolyzed collagen peptides, the live probiotics, the organic turmeric, and the slippery elm bark in the Ulcer Protect formula, we've gone one step further and included 
this fermented legume product, which has been studied by the Charles Sturt University. And, and they reported a research paper on it last year in November showing the reduction in ulcer scores over two periods in the group of horses that were fed this fermented legume product. So what is it exactly? It's a fermented legume bacteria and the strain of this is Lactobacillus debruchii lactis rosel 187 and it's been shown to be effective compared to the placebo group over the two periods in reducing the ulcer scores and the group that had the fermented legume product had significantly lower ulcer scores on day 31. So this study supported that horses predisposed to ulcers really benefited from this ingredient, so we had to put it into our product. Brian, this sounds like the ultimate ulcer product on the market, if yeah. not the world. Yeah, oh, 100%. It, yeah. it just shows our listeners that like, we're not asleep at the wheel, and look, we try to innovate where we can, and when there's a new research paper like, like this study that's, that's actually got results that are, that are proven, I mean, we can't ignore it. So. Yeah. End of the day, it's about if we are going to have an ulcer product, there's always there's going to be people there that are not going to be feeding correctly. Um, obviously, with stress and performance sources, you might be feeding correctly, but this is a very good insurance policy. So when you know when you do have that course that that might develop the ulcers throughout its 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 performance preparation. So there's you know there is studies now on the on the ingredients that we use that you know that they do work obviously with you know in conjunction with with the other ingredients that we've got in there. So we're not flying blind, and basically, I think the results at the moment are, are you know, speaking for themselves. Yeah, 100%. Peter, this whole combination with the hydrolyzed collagen peptides, which also have that healing effect when used with or without the medication, so we've seen that in the University of Louisiana study. We've now got this fermented product inside this formula with the organic turmeric, the slippery bark, and the live probiotics. The synergistic effect this has on the horses in the send feed program, but even if you don't have your foundations right, is gonna have a significant impact on helping the horse lower that ulcer risk. That's well said, Brian. And also with the natural products like, like ours, there's no side effects from it. So if you if you did have a grade four or, or three and you wanted to keep your horse on it long-term, there, there's no side effects, obviously, you know, with a meprazole, it's, it's not recommended to be used long-term. And obviously you gotta, you know, on and off to try to get on top of it, where with, with our product, you know, it, you can have the horse on it for as long as you, you feel it needs to. You can, you can do scoping in between as well to see whether you're getting the results or not. Um, so there are many advantages of, of using natural products. And look, we're very proud with, with what's happened with, with this one, with the addition of the, of the fermented legume. And I think we've just gone to another level. So the results that we're expecting with the addition of this, of this product as well. Yeah, 100%. Peter, like every horse, we have to treat them as an individual. If you are presented with a horse that is showing those signs of ulcers, consult your vet always. Have a look at what the vet's options are. So a vet should always give you a natural option as well as that medicated option, depending on the time frame that you have. And then also to confirm this, there should, there should be a scope if you're gonna go down that medicated option and not just throwing medications blind at it. Otherwise, if you do have the time, they're showing the symptoms, but you don't want to scope, a natural product like the Sen Ulcer Protect is perfect. And then give it that 30 days for the chance to heal and then also get your foundations right. And then you're going to have a healthier and happier horse going forward. I think we'd like to stress that the foundation, obviously the diet, is, is probably the most important thing. So if you do have a horse with, with sort of grade four ulcers, if, if you do want the best results, obviously you know, contact us about maybe a free diet analysis in conjunction with with using the ulcer protect because what you do want to do is you want to try to use the product 
maybe once for, for one cycle or two cycles, clean up your diet, make sure that it, that, that it ticks all the boxes, then you might not need to go back onto the supplement because you've made the change with the diet. And now with the correct diet, you, you, know, you limit the incidence, um, you know, if eliminate those ulcers from ever coming back. Yeah, you'll, you'll be able to set a protocol for your own horse in your own situation. Don't look at other friends' horses and see what they're doing because every horse is different and should be treated as an individual. And what works for one may not work for other others. Just like in humans, we respond differently to different foods or different supplements. It's like a, a little science experiment, but with your horse and taking note and really monitoring their overall health on a daily basis. And this is to get the best out of their performance and their health. And like you said, Brian, what worked for one horse doesn't work for the other because there's numerous aspects to that depending on the age of the horse, you know, how long it's been racing for, if it's a standard bred or if it's a thoroughbred, you know, whether it was out on pasture, whether it, you know, it was stalled for, for, for most of its racing career. All these variables you cannot control, but what you can control is the diet that you feed it today. And obviously, you know, if you if you do come across the ulcers, you know, the protocol that you, you know, that you decide to do. And as Brian said, have a talk to your vet, ideally try to get a scope and make a plan. You know, don't just throw pharmaceuticals or, you know, or don't just throw, you know, supplements at it. Try to make a plan to try to get rid of the ulcers and, and you know, what's the best way, the safest way and, and maybe the cost effective way as well. Yeah, and if you are competing at that high level, this is a really good supplement to help that insurance against these ulcers and lower that risk. There's many benefits of keeping this environment in the best shape it can. And people have various budgets. And as we said before, we don't want you feeding this, but if you want that optimum performance, we, we probably highly recommend it. Well, Brian, that's well said. So basically owners need to, you know, need to consider and, and even sort of trainers as well. So it takes so much time and so much money to get a horse up to fitness. And if your horse develops ulcers a lot sooner than, than some of the other horses, if it gets to a really bad point, you've got to tip that horse out. So basically, all that work you've done for the, for, you know, for the months, the, the time that the owners, you know, that the owners um, trainers, money that, that has been spent, just all goes to waste. So with a good product like this, it's more an insurance policy to you know, maybe delay the ulcers, maybe limit the ulcers, or, or, or even you know, stop them from, from coming with a good supplement. Um, but it's more insurance policy than anything. And, and, and I know me how, you know, we know how expensive the game is. So if we can try to, you know, err on a side of caution with an insurance policy, you know, I think it just, it's a box that needs to get ticked. Yeah. And I think we have to be realistic about horses in general in a performance setting. They're going to have some degree of stress. So they're going to have some degree of ulcers and some can deal with this and perform at their peak with say a grade one, grade two, and you're never going to get fully eradicated while they're in training, but you can help lower those symptoms, help them not show those signs and symptoms and perform well. So then you're not over medicating, but you're taking the more natural approach to the treatment of the ulcers. Well, I think once you reach for that medication, you know, you're pretty much gone past that point where, well, you know, you can't really heal the ulcers while, you know, while the horse isn't, isn't work at that level. You can, you can maintain sort of where they're at, but really to, to get rid of them, you've got to tip them out and you've got to start again because you've, you know, you've gone past that point if it goes to level three or level four. Yeah, and that'll be up to the individual owners thinking of where they want to be and, and how they want to look after their horse. So we're giving you that natural option way to help support that whole environment and then also those foundations to, to lower the risk. I think that about sums this one up, Peter. Brian, I think we've, um, we've summarized most of the points we wanted to make and, and hopefully our listeners have got 
some some valuable information um, on this podcast. We have done a previous one as well. So if you did want to go back and listen to that one first, see what we've summarized, and then obviously just get a top up with, with the latest update one. Yeah, and if you need ideas for your feed program, you want to review it, just call the Send HQ number. Uh, it's on our website. Also, the contact form we can call you back on. Um, you can deep dive with the free dial analysis, and they, they're generally replied to within 48 hours. And on social media, we have a hive of activity on the, the users group, people sharing, people asking questions. Everyone's happy to help out. And thanks to everyone in, in WA who's, who's jumped on board with, um, with the grain free as well. Obviously, yeah. we, you know, we've mentioned we've, we've launched that recently. It's, it's sort of flying out the door. So hopefully everyone's getting really good results in, in, in WA. Yeah, and that's the perfect feed for ulcer-prone horses. If, if, if your horse is flaring up with ulcers and, and you want to switch to a feed that has the least fillers, lowest sugar and starch on the market, but with the high quality vitamin mineral profile with pre and probiotics, the, the grain free is, is the one. It's... The cost per feeder for what you're getting is, is one of the best valued ones out there. And there will be a podcast Brian will do in the next couple of weeks about your true cost per feed. So, you know, everyone's feeding a lot of different products and, you know, I don't think they really know exactly what it's costing them. So we will cover that in depth. But valid point you said, it is, it is obviously, you know, the lowest sugar and starch um, complete feed on the market. But we've also got only two, two raw ingredients. So sometimes less is more. And we're all about quality, so we don't need to have you know ten and ten or fifteen or or five different raw ingredients. If we can make it work with two and hit all the markers, um, you know we believe you know simplicity is the key. Yeah, and it's that high fiber that's the key. It's not just lupins; it's the lupin hull. We can't get thirty-five percent fiber out of lupins. We need the hull of the lupin, which is what our specialty is. Yeah, and and really important for horse health because when you look at fiber and how it's used within the horse's body, it really helps limit any other metabolic issues that can happen or develop in their life. That's very well summarized, Brian. So I think, I think that, um, that pretty much does it for today. Yeah, so Peter and I will have another podcast to you very shortly as this weather heats up and yeah, it could be gin o'clock later. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Cheers.